Hallelujah. John 15. We should start from there. John 15. I'm talking about the secrets of uncommon accomplishments. John chapter 15. Hallelujah. Verse 1. I am the true vine. My father is the husband man. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now this word taketh away, I wrote, can also mean to lift up. Can also mean to cut away. Say, Pastor, which is which? That's what it means. Lift up can also mean cut away. Which is which? That's what the word means. So to lift up a vine is a crawling plant all right if you've seen a place where they grow grapes right the grape vine that's where the word comes from so when the vine is on the ground it does not bear much fruit so you have to lift it i roll and let it link to a tree sorry a, a stick or something and it grows around it wriggles around it and from the branches it bears fruit but there are certain branches that don't do well you cut them off see it says every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away in other words they'll be cut off from divine supply when you read in second kings 4 about the widow whom elijah told that she should go and borrow empty vessels because she had a little jar of oil when she began to pour the oil the bible says the jars were filled and when she asked her son bring me more vessels she said, there's no more vessel the oil stayed in other words so long as you are using what god gave you god will keep on increasing it you hear what i say so long as you're using what god gave you god will keep on increasing it let me explain i've noticed that the healing anointing multiplies when i lay hands on people so if i pray for the sick today and this goes up if i teach the word and notice god teaches me more see because god yes thank you lord the grace of god increases with use the grace of god increases with use now there are some of you who used to win souls and now you don't win souls anymore and you say i i, I want a passion for souls i wish i could win souls simple you pray go and win one soul then there'll be grace to win more souls now prayer there's a grace to pray in zechariah 12 verse 10 the bible speaks of the spirit of grace and supplications in other words there's a grace to pray see there's a grace to pray now someone hears me that oh pastor sometimes prays four hours six hours and all that and uh, sometimes he prays 30 minutes one hour okay not every time four six hours but watch this and you say oh i'm going to pray four hours pastor prays four hours 
but grace increases with what with use you've never prayed for 10 minutes then you lock yourself today is for hours you look at the time one second two minutes has it happened to you has it happened to anybody here wave your hands so I can see grace increases with use so what do you do pastor I want to pray for four hours start where you are you pray for 10 minutes 5 minutes be grateful are you getting what I'm saying and now it will increase the next time you pray it will be 10 minutes don't say I, I, if I, I stayed there spoke it all spoke. can you imagine the time refused to move it's only 5 minutes I prayed see the issue is not how long you pray the issue is how well you pray are you following me so your five minutes starts from that five minutes and it will start increasing it will keep on increasing it will keep on increasing grace increases which you use So don't be angry that oh I cannot pray for pastor pastor will read Bible read Bible he says sometimes he will study from for night in morning today I'm going to study for night in morning open your Bible devil is a liar it's a liar it's a liar it's not by might it's not by power but by what you start grace increases with use start from where you are. You could study for only five minutes. Thank God. I didn't start like this. See, I didn't start studying all night long. I didn't start like this. And that's where a lot of people miss it. They get discouraged. It's one step at a time. See, it says, He that followeth me. It means you, don't, you won't arrive immediately. See, Pastor said he prayed all night. He didn't bat an eye. Say today I'm gonna to pray all night. You kneel down by your bed. And you stay like this. Shall I No, first of all, they stand. Say tonight I'm not gonna sleep. You first sing. Holy Ghost. Hey, the neighbors are troubled. Do it again. Do it again. After they have sang, they start speaking in tongues. First of all, it's fast. It's not by might. See? So how do you do it? That's what I'm teaching you. You start from where you are. And when you find out you're sleeping, don't be angry. Someone will ah, I slept. Ah! I would do two one night. You have not started. The guilt will keep on increasing. Peter slept. Jesus didn't kill him. It just means that they are going to get into some trouble. <laughs> That's all it means. Because the Bible says, pray 
that you may not be led into temptation. So my prayer life delivers me from trouble. Are you following me? My prayer life. See, that's why certain things doesn't happen to us. I always say certain things because I pray. So start from where you are. You want to pray. Say, Father, I want to have an all night. If you don't help me, I will sleep. No, be sincere. God helps sincere people. Not arrogant people who think they can do it without him. Say, I'm going to pray tonight. Say, wake me, wake me up by 12. You tell your roommate, wake me up by 12. Or you set an alarm. And you wake up by 5. Has it happened to you? Wave your hands, let me see. So, okay. <laughs> you wait. You say, Tonight is an all night. The alarm is ringing. You heard nothing. You know, we go up and say, Ah, the devil is a liar. Tomorrow, I will do it. You have not learned your lesson yet. See, the reason why I'm where I am is the grace of God. I've learned to be sincere with God. I've learned to be sincere with God. Many people are not sincere. They want to impress someone else. You heard someone's testimony. Uh, uh, brother, I want to thank God. Now I prayed two hours. Uh-huh. I am, I'm the only one in this church that's praying ten minutes. Who said you're the only one? Have you asked everybody? So you say, I'm moving to two hours. And now you're living with guilt. You're ungrateful for the 30 minutes you pray. But you're living with guilt because of a goal you set for yourself, for your own ego. Not many things are done for the glory of God. Not many. Not many things are done for the glory of God. See? We need to have that understanding as believers. It says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, it says, it taketh away. Hallelujah. Go back to John chapter 15. Are you learning something today? All right. John chapter 15. Verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. He's cut off from divine supply. He gave them talents. One five, one two, and one one. Notice the Bible says he divided to them severally according to their ability. See, the, the fruit you're producing right now is the measure of grace in your life. The measure of success you have. Your prayer life your story, is a measure of grace that is functioning in your life. And what you need is increase in grace. Are you following me? Increase in grace. That's what you need. Because when God's grace increases in your life, your fruitfulness will also increase. Let me show you something quickly. Romans 1, and I want to read verse 5. Romans 1, 5. Okay. It says, By whom we have received grace, an apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Now, he said, what does that mean? Paul said, we have received 
by Christ, grace and apostleship. It says, for obedience to the faith among all nations. Paul had a grace that when he spoke to an unbeliever, they responded irrespective of the nation they were from because there was a grace on his life. And he says it's for his name. No, no, was for his name's sake, for God's glory. Because grace and glory always follow together. I wish I had the time to teach on grace and glory, but we'll deal with it maybe sometime later. But we need to understand that. That glory follows grace. Are you following me? So, now someone says, there's something about that pastor, the way he preaches, let me preach like him, whether I will have the same result. It's not just preach like him. You've got to get what he has, the grace that makes people like him. See? He had the grace that makes people respond to his message. It's a grace. See? And that's why as a believer, there are certain things we need to understand if we are going to get results. Because some, I remember I was talking to someone and I said, there are people I've told, I read this, we got read this, we got read this, we got read this. They've read the books, but they don't produce the same results. And Lord made me know, it's not in the matter of reading of books. There's a grace. First Corinthians 15, verse 10. First Corinthians, are you from Sierra Leone? All right. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Did you see that? And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. So God's grace can be on your life and you're not using it. And what you don't use, you will lose. He gave five, two, and one. The one with five went and traded and had five more. It was fruitful. So what happened? He says, enter into the joy of the Lord and you have authority over ten cities. So he has increased him. The one with two traded, had two more. Uh, and he gave him authority over more cities. The one with one came and said, I know that thou art an austere man. I know that you are a miser. Reaping what you have not sown. And I took what you gave me and I hid it under the earth. Take what you gave me. Jesus said, you know that I was a hard man. Why didn't you invest what I gave you? Give it to the bankers that I received mine with usury. Then he took, he said, take from now that has one. I give to which one? The one that has ten. What you don't use you will lose. That's why people say, I used to sing, I used to have a voice, but now the voice. So, but pastor, the Bible says the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Yeah. What you have is redundant. It's ineffective. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And the grace which was given unto me Bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored. Did you see that? More abundantly than they are, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul said, I produce more results than Peter and the rest. Because there's a grace on my life. If you know how to increase grace, your life is made. 
if you know how to increase grace the grace of your life if you know how to increase it you are made for life number one how do I increase grace first of all you have to be born again you have to be born again Titus 2 that's the first step I read two verses and we move on you're looking at secrets of uncommon accomplishment Titus 2 I want to read verse 14 let me begin from verse 12 it says for the grace of God yeah that's what's the verse 11 rather for the grace of God that bringeth salvation as done what as, as done what appeared to all men that's where it starts the first step you got to be born again because when you're born again you're born into the grace of God see you're born into the grace of God give us Ephesians 2 Ephesians 2 quickly and I want us to begin from verse 4 verse 2 is okay when in time past he walked according to the cause of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience you see that the unbeliever state it says he's walking according to the cause of this world that's the way there's a cause there's a way for those in the world he's walking in that way the man is not born again he's walking in that way i remember a vision lester summer saw in a prayer meeting he said he saw people walking to hell and they would just walk in expressionless walking to hell and they'll fall into hell and start screaming and he was wondering why are they not stopping from every tribe and tongue and kindred and peoples and God told him I'm going to hold you responsible for those people so you have to go to the nations of the world and preach my gospel because that's the only way they can stop see so it says the only verse working according to the cause of this world. It says, according to the prince of the power of the air, he is being remote controlled by the devil. It said, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. And that's why they cannot live right. See, there are people who may be here today that are not born again, and they want to be born again, but they, they just find out that they cannot just do right. They want to stop the smoking or drinking or womanizing, but they can't stop it. There's a spirit working. It calls it the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. Look at the next verse. Among whom also we had our conversation in time past. That means we were there. In the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the, of the flesh and of the mind, the imagination. And we're by nature, look at our condition before we got born again. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. He says the unbeliever is a child of wrath. Wrath. Someone separated for God's anger. In other words, their end, that's the way their end would be. So, coming to Jesus Christ is the way out of it. Is the way out of it. 
I remember a young man who was an armed robber. He was in a meeting like this, in an evening meeting. And the man of God was preaching and he stopped. And he said, there's someone here, you're an armed robber. And this is your last assignment. Everybody kept quiet. The way church would be like, I'm rubber here. Is it this person? You know? And he said, You have your gun with you. Because after this meeting, does the program, you're going to rob. And this is your last assignment. And a young man came out from the crowd crying, weeping, and brought out his luga shiny luga he would have died that day separated forever from God born in forever but God is merciful verse 4 but God who is rich in mercy he doesn't want to see people go to hell that's why he sends us And those of you who have a call on your life, you don't know it's a privilege. It's a privilege for God to trust you with human destinies. It's a privilege. He actually gives you their lives. Well, those of you who are going to go through Bible school, there are a lot of things you're going to understand. You see, there are a lot of things that people don't understand. And I feel so sorry for people who don't know these things. You hear people say, hey, you know, God called me when I was 20. But you know, I waited till I was 65, you know. You know, but I'm trusting God. One of these days I will answer. When? You know what? No matter what that individual achieves on earth, outside God's purpose, he has no reward in heaven. The Bible says they are like those who almost went to hell. They are like those who escaped from the fire. They almost went to hell. You see that in 1 Corinthians 3. All their works will be burnt. All of it. So they are in heaven, no reward. No mansion, nothing. There are those that will be living in other people's houses. Go and read your Bible in second, uh, Luke 16. Where the Bible says that, we say that when you come into the ever, some people will take you into everlasting habitations. Some people will have no house in heaven. Quarters. You know, some of us will have rooms. Say, ah, it's all right. Stay there. Say, Pastor, thank you. I like the silence. God is merciful. This is the time you respond to God. This is the time you respond to God. Give us Luke 16. Today is, is the difference. Me, I've already calculated the way the message will go. But I have a boss that I always follow. Luke chapter 16. Let me show that to some of you. Eh? You mean some people who have no accommodation in heaven? Look at this. Luke 16 verse 9. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of righteousness, that when ye fail, when ye die, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. 
They never lived for God. They will squat. Some of us will have big spaces. So you take one room. And in heaven there's no marriage. So you and your wife will not be staying in the same house. See? See? So some of you say, I will marry a strong man of God like pastor. Anyway, you will have one room in his house. Marriage ends here. In heaven there's no sweetie. It ends here. When you fail, check that word in the Greek. When you die, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Squatters. <laughs> and the man thinks for you to squat on earth and go to heaven and continue. As it was in the beginning, so it was, and ever shall be. What? You are the one that said it. Efficiency too quickly. Let me run. Are you learning anything today? All right. This is a very sobering service. That's what happens when His holiness manifests. Verse 4. But God was rich in mercy for His great love, where would He loved us? Even when we were dead in sins. Oh boy. Has quickened us together. When? When we're dead in sins. He quickened us together with Christ. My grace, what? My grace, what? Beautiful. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Watch this, verse 7. That in ages to come, it might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. In other words, God has saved you not just for now. Your salvation is not just for now. In ages to come, there are ages to come that God will use you to explain how gracious, how kind he was. See? So there are some of you who maybe you've lived in sin and, not, okay, look at that guy. That, that guy that the Lord called out. He had a gun. He had been robbing. But God called him out with word of knowledge. He came to the altar. God saved. Now, that guy maybe gets a job and or maybe whatever he becomes on earth. In ages to come, his story will be told in ages to come of how gracious God is. So, don't regret your past. Don't regret. Someone say, I, I, wish, I wish I knew pastor's sins. I know my life. Oh, I regret it. Don't regret it. It's behind you. I said it's behind you. Now, in the ages to come, you become a trophy of grace. Even in this world, in this life, somebody you can see, you're preaching to a guy and say, no, my guy, I'm a cult guy. I don't down many people. God, 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 no go. If he saved me, me, I know that they talk. I know that they talk. I don't do bad, bad things. And you look at him and say, see, me too. I down many people. My guy not true. Say yes. 
Say no worry. Inside Kolokolo layout. And you tell him your story. Now your story. God is now using your story of grace. To touch someone else. Don't regret your past. Because God will use you. With your story. And change someone's life. It could be someone here that God is talking to. Are you aware that Joyce Meyer, her first marriage did not work? And she had a child from that marriage. She could have said it's over with me. But God sent her a man to raise her up for the ministry she has today. Are you aware that Joyce Meyer's father raped her 200 times before she was 18 years old? You could be here today and say, I feel so dirty. I know what I have done. I know what was done to me. My uncle, my aunt, my whatever. I know how I was molested as a child. Yes, you were molested. But out of that mess, God brings out a message. That's where God is. He takes you, your painful story, your hurtful story, and he uses it to touch another's life. You say, Pastor, I was in the cult. I did all this. I was initiated. I initiated people. I killed people. Yes. The blood is still there to wash away those sins. And to wash you so clean as though it never existed. And that's your ugly story. God can I use that ugly story and change someone else. See, that's why a lot of us in church are not sincere. Yeah, pastor's a virgin. Say, ah. If I tell who I am here, because me, I used to do night duty. So if I tell who I am, nobody will, nobody will ever like me in this church. So, so sister, so how was your past like? How? Oh, I had no past. I was born again from my mother's womb. Really, I'm telling you, I've never sinned. I've never lied. I've never stolen. I've never nevered. You're lying now. And God bring okay, I'll come before I go to the next one. But but this is it. Because of that, God cannot do much with you. Do you know the first person Jesus appeared to? When he rose from the dead, do you know? Mary Magdalene. A nightclub lady before. And they cast out seven devils from her. Seven. And that lady was the first that your Lord appeared to. So your past qualifies you for grace. You have hope. 
God doesn't give up on anyone until they give up on themselves. He doesn't. A woman that was sleeping around. A woman you will not accept in your choir. Jesus said, when I rise, notice that there was no mistake in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was planned by God. The first person I'll appear to will be Mary Magdalene. And the only person's name I will mention when I rise is Peter, the one that denied me. See, I know myself. I know what I've done. I've not lived right. I got born again. And me, I know that Zephyr I'm going to. I have a room in here. So let me continue this sin. No! Grace says no. So that in ages to come, in ages to come, there are different ages of God's work. God uses your story to touch someone's life. Don't give up on you. Because God hasn't given up. But the only way this your life can become a beauty is when you yield it to grace. You put it in the potter's hand. Jesus is a master potter. He can turn that unstable Simon into Peter. He can turn the murderer Saul into an apostle Paul. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. There's an escape. Grace is your escape. How bad could it get? For a woman like Mary, the sister of Martha, to bring that alabaster box. She was a prostitute. Because when you read Luke's account, in that house of Simon the leper was where they were kissing his feet. And the woman was wiping his feet with her tears. That's a Mary. There are many people who are sinning today because they believe God cannot forgive them. That's a lie. So long as you're on earth, there is forgiveness. It's when you cross this border that there is no forgiveness. No matter what you've done, you could have murdered Stephen like Paul. But God says grace is there to make you Paul. From Saul to Paul. From Simon to Peter. From prostitute Mary Magdalene to the first evangelist. God is not through with you. He has not dumped you. The Bible says he's able to save you to the uttermost. He's able to save you to the uttermost. In other words, he goes as far as he needs to go to get you. Say, come on, boy, I'm not giving up on you. There's a boy. He had one brother and he had a wealthy father. A Jewish boy. 
And he told his father, divide inheritance. Divide it. Give me the part that falleth to me. And when a boy does that in Jewish culture and receives his inheritance before his father's death, he has wished death upon his father. So if he ever comes back again to his father, they take a clay pot and say, and break it. This is how your life is. Can never be mended, disowned forever. But what happened in the prodigal son's story? The Bible says he traveled to a far country, wasted his money with righteous living. Then he remembered, I've sinned against God, heaven, and against my father. You must acknowledge your sin. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against my parents. I've sinned against my husband. I've sinned against my wife. I've sinned against my children. He acknowledges. Then he said, I will go to my father to be like one of his servants. Because his servants have bread enough to spare and to spare. In other words, he was saying, I just want food to eat. I want to repent so I can have food to eat. In other words, I want to walk to deserve what I get. So when he got to the father, old Jewish men don't run for nobody. It's indignity for a wealthy man to run. Not just run, run to that kind of son. The father lifted up his garment. Began to run toward that son began to run toward that son i wonder what was in the heart of the masters or the servants rather what is wrong with our master it's not his boy that wished him dead yes our sin put him on the cross we wished him dead but he said come unto me all you that labor on a heavy ladder he was running to his son running to his son grabbed him before the son could say a word he began to kiss him that means god is saying i want you more than you want me he died for you before you were born. He died for you before you sinned. He wants you more than you want him. He began to kiss him. He began to kiss him. I can imagine the boy crying, crying like, what is this? What is this? I don't deserve this. Then he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. Before he could say, make me one of your hired servants. The father said, bring me robe. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. This is grace. He's coming just to get food and wear his rags. The father says, no, no, I'll give you clothes. Then he says, give him sandals for his feet. Because slaves don't wear no shoes. You're still a son, boy. I can receive you back. Then instead of giving him food to eat, he said, I'll give you a ring. Do you know what that signet ring means? when a king travels he doesn't always start with money he takes a signet ring when he goes there he stands a signet ring or something like plaster scene and that becomes his seal like a credit card that bring it to me I'll pay for what you wrote there the father is saying son whatever you demand though you've wasted your substance 
In other words, my, my supply is not available to you. It, however you have lived, there's still hope. He says, son, I'll still provide for you. He gave him the best robe. The best robe is reserved for the father himself or a higher king, someone of great influence. He says, you don't deserve it, but I give you the best robe. I give you sandals for your feet. I give you my rings. Take your claims. I'll still pay for it. And he threw a party. Instead of gathering the crowd to embarrass his son, he gathered the crowd to celebrate his son. The Bible said that is the way it is when one sinner repents. God throws a party. Bow your heads in Jesus' name. I don't know how you've lived today. There is still hope for you. He has not closed your case. He has not given up on you. I'm going to make an altar call to those who want to respond to that grace today. You may have been a believer, you've not been living right. But you want to yield to grace today. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to grace. Or you may not be born again. You don't know Jesus as your Lord. You've done many bad things. You say, but I'm going to grace. Whatever your case is, put your hand up. I want to pray with you. This service is designed for you. To usher you into that place you need to be. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. I want you to stand up wherever you are. You're going to grace. Forget about everyone else. The grace of God is a favor of God. There's a favor reserved for the sincere. I want you to boldly walk out. See yourself walking into his favor. Into the arms of your father. Kissing you. Hugging you. Grace is calling you today. Forget about your friends. Grace is calling you today. Favor is calling you. Favor is calling you. If your heart is moving you, that means God is touching you. God will not struggle with you forever. He's touching you. If your heart is feeling, I should go out, I should go out. That's you. That's God talking to you. Quickly join them before we pray. And let God complete you on this seventh of seventh. There are still some people that have to come out. There are people that have to come out from this side. I'm going to start from here. If you know you're still here, you're here and God is talking your heart. I want you to stand up quickly. I'm going to count five. It's a number of grace. One. Two. Three. Four. And five. That's grace call. I'm going to come this way. This center area. All the way to the back there. If you know your heart is talking you to come out, this is your call. I want to put your hand up quickly. I want to pray with you. Quickly. Anybody like that? You feel that tugging? You feel that tugging? I want you to come out quickly. Join them quickly. If you feel that tugging in your heart, I'm giving you five counts. One, two, three, four and five I'm going to give you a grace call here on this side quickly if you know your heart is talking you that you're one of those who should come up for this prayer right now one 
two, three, four, and five. I want us to stand up wherever we are. I want us to pray a special prayer for these people. God messed up the entire service just to reach these people. They are so special to him. Stretch your hands toward them. Stretch your hands toward them. I want you to begin to pray that grace be released on them. Favor. They responded to the call of grace. Go ahead. So that prayer of faith into their lives. That they will stand. That they will stand. Go and pray. Thank you Lord Jesus. Go and speak God's grace, His favor upon them. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Stretch your hands this way as we pray. Oh, Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this day. Now I want you all to say this prayer with me Whether you've said it before This is your first time Say this just in case anyone hasn't said it before I pray Say oh God I believe in Jesus Christ I believe he's the son of God I believe That Jesus Christ Died for my sins I believe That God raised Jesus Christ From the dead On the third day with my mouth, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord. I take him as my personal Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash away my sins. Make me a new person from this day forward. Father, I pray for these ones whose heart you've touched and have responded at your favor will be a characteristic distinction of their lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ every sin that had been an attraction to them give them a bitter hatred for it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I pray for them according to your word that you are able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless at your appearing Father they are preserved in Christ Jesus in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we honor you for when we see you face to face they will be there in Jesus name Amen Thank you very much God bless you
I want to pray for those who are Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's more to this service than we know. I want to pray for someone that have been worrying for a long time and that worry sit down for a moment that worry has affected your heart you've been worrying for a long time it has affected your heart I want you to stand up wherever you are come Hallelujah. So there's more to this service than we know. Put your hand on your heart. Put hands one upon the other. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Put your right hand there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for healing our hearts. Thank you. If you are having emotional problems, depressions, and things like that, maybe from your past, flashes from your past, abuse or whatever, I want you to stand up. God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you. Just come. Quickly. God wants to heal you. You have emotional wounds. Emotional wounds. Emotional wounds. Wow. Wow. Now you'll, you'll have to minister to yourselves because you're so much and I don't want to keep us long here. Now you use your hand, alright? Because I want to pray for the sick. Put your right hand on your head, your forehead. Okay? Put it there. Just a moment. Can you sing something? Sing something else. A song that's the love. Spirit of love. Thank you. Baby. Thank you much. A broken heart, spirit of love. Father, we thank you. We honor you. Yes. Your word says you heal the brokenhearted. 
There are all kinds of emotional problems represented here right now, Jesus. Great physician, minister to them right now through your Holy Spirit. In the anointing of the Holy Spirit, rest upon you now to bring healing to your emotions, to those places where you hurt. Let him minister to you. Church, pray with me. This is not a show. Pray with me. Thank you, Jesus. Heal us where we are. Spirit of love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He comes and Satan over your thought life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be free in your mind. Be free in your mind. Be One more. Singing everybody if you know this song. Heal, heal. Spirit. Spirit of love. Here it comes, here it comes. bless you it has happened it has happened amen because if I lay hands and everyone's gonna take time and I believe he has touched you amen how many of you feel different already from your head you feel it all right I can't lay hands on everybody you heal Jesus is the master amen hallelujah if you know you're free in your mind you could you could go back to your seat you still don't feel free no if you don't feel free stay if you don't feel free hallelujah so we're going to receive communion hallelujah how many of you can say this service was for me let me see your hand up alright see no God messed up my message is what less compared to his own, right? Huh? I was supposed to teach on reveal, revelation, wisdom, and it didn't go that way. So we have to follow him. Are you ready to take the communion? Praise God. 
can we rise? Thank you for your patience. Hallelujah. You're going to receive communion. And whatever you need grace for. It could be your marriage, your job. You need grace. You need to see God's grace manifested in that area. You hold the bread and the cup. You talk to the Lord. And talk about that area. Let's say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I speak favor concerning my job. I speak favor concerning our accommodation. I speak favor concerning whatever you, you, you get it. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you for today. We thank you for the bread and the cup and we receive it with faith, trusting you for grace. The Bible says, as many as receive abundance of grace, for that we're willing, we are ready to take grace today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our pastor's first. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive abundance of grace. 
for every area of need right now in the name of Jesus your word says that we should come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace to help in time of need right now I receive grace for every area of need in the name of Jesus as I ate the bread there's an impartation of grace for every area of weakness every area of struggle and every area I need help thank you father I receive favor on my job I receive favor with my family members I receive favor with my boss I receive favor with everyone I meet thank you father for your favor in my life eat the bread please lift up the cup please say father in the name of Jesus I believe the blood of Jesus gives me access to the throne of grace as I drink of the cup I declare I have found favor with God I live in that consciousness that I am accepted in the beloved I am highly favored in the name of Jesus the favor of God is abundant on me God has encircled me with a shield of favor thank you father in Jesus name drink of the cup please hallelujah amen praise God you may be seated bless your offerings and tithe let's let you go now those of you who work afternoon shifts we're not saying that you cannot go to work during a service all right don't say ah that means no that's those who gamble for 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 some unimportant purpose just walk out of a service they're gambling amen so is it understood okay thank you praise God hallelujah so bless your offerings and tithes very quickly I want to thank you all for your gifts that were given and I know that this church is going to enter a greater season of blessing. Yes. And the power of God will be stronger. You see, every church where the pastor is honored grows fast. You know why? Because there's increase in grace. Because that we just touched that. Possibly that's what he wants me to do. That third service, I'll deal with grace. Because I didn't touch much. I've not even started how to increase grace just said the festive born again which we've dealt with next sunday third service we'll deal with something like this first service and second service we already have our agenda we are building the third service will give it to grace then as part of our grace efforts and celebrating my birthday if you buy a copy of the devotional you get one free amen hallelujah 
And those of you who are sponsoring devotionals, let's say you're buying to give to local governments and all those things. Now, let's say you're buying a hundred. Now we're going to give you two hundred, so more people can get the message. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told you I, I believe in giving. We give a lot as a church, and it's one of the reasons why we are where we are. Why people still marvel. And how we can be achieving this in such a short time. There are secrets we know and we're living by. Amen. So if you're ready with your seed in your hand, would you please stand up? Offerings and tithes, we give them in one breath. Can we stand up? Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. Raise it up. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the tithes and the offering today. And we trust you that you've made all grace abound to your people, sufficient for every area of need. In Jesus' name, amen. You do, right? All right. So we're going to close. And um, there's cake for you after the service. There's the cake to be eaten. Thanks for your time yesterday. And um, I've already given my Thanksgiving offering in the first service. I didn't want to keep, keep it for a long time. I wanted to sow it quickly. And um, I did it in the first service. And I uh, really want to thank God. Can my family come out and we just... We're there, so we just pray and be on our way. Amen. Uh, I have three children. Love. Alex. For Alexandra. Love is a color. Alexandra.
somebody sang for me. I thought you were going to play your song today. Can you play it now? Is it there? Is it here? Play it now. Let him hear it. Just sit down for a moment. Let you hear this, hear this song as my family comes. So I will not take your time. Is it here? Play it now. Pastor Wally. Pastor Wally. Yes. You have not eaten today. He has not. <laughs> Which other song you hear? <laughs> yeah. This is Joshua. Yeah. He's a pastor. Yeah. God spoke to me about him. And, uh, yes. Taking charge of the environment. He's looking for my iPad or my phone. Just briefly, I will pray.
Hallelujah. Amen. You've seen how I was when I was young, right? But my son is finer than I was, right? He has to. He has no choice. The glory of the latter. Amen. Praise God. Have you gotten a copy of the devotional? So this is for you to give one to a soul, somebody you win to Christ. Just give them. And um, if you want to keep it. And um, you could buy a copy. And you could see it. We're, we're given. I believe in giving. This is what I was born for. You know, the pastor that spoke yesterday. I never knew people were taking note of the torn chairs I had in my house when I was in Agudama. And how can you be on radio and on TV and your chairs were torn? Because that's what I live for. I live to give. And um, I thank God for what he's doing and um, the replacements that I'm seeing. I thank God for it. I really want to thank all of you who have stayed with me all these years because our time has come. We, we got a call from Lagos, the senior pastor of Triumphant City International Church. And he said, the world is waiting for your pastor. And that's true. Amen. So the world is waiting for us. And if the world is waiting for me, that means the world is also waiting for who? For you. Amen. We are in this together. And will impact the world together. Can I get an amen? amen? Can we stand up to close? If you're here for the first time, you're so special. Please just majestically move with your Bible, your bags, or whatever you came with, and come to the front seat. Let's just keep clapping. If you're here for the first time, just walk to the front seats. Thank you. We are going to pray. Join hands together, please, wherever you are. Hallelujah. Father, we honor you for today. Jesus, I want to tell you I love you again. And I'll live my life for you. Every moment, every day, just to bring you pleasure. Lord, you know I'm 37 years old. I gave you the next phase of my life. That you would use me for your glory. Help me to see your people from your eyes. To love them like you love them. To value them like you value them.
thank you for the privilege of being dear pastor these destinies have entrusted to me and by your grace father I will not fail them and I will not fail you I thank you for this precious moment we share together as a church knowing that in a short while we're meeting in stadia all over the country in the biggest halls all over the world thank you Jesus I'll love you forever amen the Lord has blessed you the Lord makes his face shine upon you the Lord keeps you from evil the Lord is gracious unto you the Lord leaves his countenance upon you and the Lord gives you his peace may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit may the love of God increase and abound in your heart and may the person of the Holy Spirit become real to you and we all say surely his goodness and message of followers all the days of our lives we are the house of the Lord carrying his presence forever amen thank you very much go to your cell meetings I'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you so much for loving, for staying. Thank you.